4: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSN.
5: Okay, so Lombardi line here on vSin the Sports Betty Network. Kind of one of those tweeners where to start today. We've got the final four tomorrow, Michael Lombardi, uh, and we're yeah. gonna be here.
6: So, I don't know. Maybe we, we can start t- on April Fools. Yeah. Did, uh, I mean, did you fall for anything on April Fools so no, far, Patrick? No, did I, you get lured on. into it? Did uh, <laughs> Julian Edelman coming back as a buck lure you into the April Fools joke? Did Is that, you? was that,
5: I, I didn't see that. Was that I an saw April Fools that, uh, bomb?
6: I, I figured it was an April Fools. I didn't get lured in. Uh, you know, I'm not reacting to anything, but. Uh, you know, I watched the 76ers lose a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of the Pistons. I thought that was April Fool's, but it was reality. It was March 31st, so, so that's, life moves on. That's exactly. Did you want to start there? Well, that's. I didn't want to start I was kind there. of
5: teasing. I was kind of teasing a little bit. Where should we go? Of course, we're going to go to last night, and I think what you've been talking about with Doc is coming to fruition. First off the 76ers outscored by the Pistons 29-15 in the fourth. The Pistons without Jeremy Grant, okay? And I understand there's some good talent. Sadiq Beg is good. Kate Cunningham's going to be a star. But the Pistons bench outscored Doc's bench 39-8 so the reserves couldn't get going. Then after the game, Doc was asked about it, Michael, and this is where you can launch. First off, he said there was very little life in the team. Why would there be life? They're battling for a one seed in the East with six games to go. And then he said it was more on Jane games than them referring to the reserves so he's going after your boy James Harden let's hear
6: your thoughts well I mean look he's got to try to deflect the blame he's got he's I mean one thing about Doc Rivers he's got political capital I mean people there's us betters that know and watch the games but there's a perception I was told by somebody in the NBA today that If Doc, uh, you know, has to leave Philadelphia, he could easily end up at the Lakers. That's how much political clout he has. But the perception, the reality doesn't meet the road. We know this. So it's easy for him to deflect blame. It's easy for him to do those things that that he typically can do. So, you know, to me – All he's going to do is create some more issues with the front office, with the ownership, and with the fans. I was on Philly radio this morning, and, you know, they asked me about it. And, you know, I mean, nobody is – he doesn't have that cachet, that style points here in Philadelphia. They're not giving him that. I mean, they're not giving him that. He's, he's not held in that esteem to be able to start casting blames on a guy that shot 415. Did he play well? No, Harden didn't play well. But you should not lose, and your team should be playing at that level to the Pistons. You were a 10-point favorite, and we hope, we sincerely hope, people decided to listen to us yesterday and take the 10.
5: Well, I think you put it well. One thing I think you have going for you if you are anti-Doc is – Daryl Morey is an outside-the-box thinker. He he doesn't get involved with the herd, as far and so I don't necessarily think he's going to get wrapped up. Look, Doc has a place still out in Malibu, as you know. We joke about it. He's got a membership to the golf clubs out there. He's he'll end up with the Lakers. It won't be a problem. But I, he always has been dinged for his in-game management, his his rotations. And I mean, this is look, this is a team going the wrong way heading into postseason. They lost a heartbreaker to Milwaukee, where they got killed in the fourth on Tuesday, Michael. They lost. At Phoenix on Sunday, where they could have won that game, I mean, this, is an in ugl- this,
6: is, this is an ugly. Run. They scored 15 points. They scored, I think they scored 50. Their four points quarters the fourth. have been a disaster. They've been a horrible. I mean, and they've got supposedly the MVP of the team. You know, now he played well. He, I, I said he needed to score 40 for them to win. He got 37. 37. Look, it, yeah. it, 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 it's it's the, the it's the whole thing about the package. And and, and the one thing I'll say is is he's not going to be able to skirt this. It's gonna fall clearly on his lap. And by falling on his lap, losing to a game like this, I mean, it's going to be challenging. And if the Lakers are willing to take him back, to move to Los Angeles, so be it. I mean, Jeannie Buss will think she'll win the press conference with that. Like Philadelphia thought they could. My feeling when he came to Philly was he brought so much clout with him, so much political capital that he was going to be able to tell those two-star players what to do and they weren't going to be able to win the media from him. But now that table has turned and, you know, my sense of it is, is, you know, we'll see, you know, this won't last long. I mean, there's going to be a lot of frustration, especially considering that they've mortgaged their future to make this ride.
5: Now let's go ahead and throw up the graphic just to really let this sink in. This does not happen very often. Michael mentioned it was 10; it dipped down to nine and a half. But take a look at the money line. You're not going to see minus 450 money lines. You're not going to see those teams lose very often. And this is for new betters. When you're wrapping those money lines, that 450, into a couple other big time favorites, you're going to get burned in the long run. I'm telling you, I can I can guarantee you. DraftKings had a million 76er money lines, you know, parlayed with other big favorites. Those will always burn you. I mean, t- look, 102.94, that is a swing of what? 18. 18 ATS wise. So that is, and this is a Pistons team. That we talked about. They won about. 21
6: games. Yeah, they, they won, won 21 games.
5: It's, it's, you can't lose. But he plays. But
6: again, again, he's playing a team that's not very good. He's looking for energy. He plays Harden 38 minutes. He plays Maxi 35. He plays b 37. He plays. He's playing them, He's playing them all out. I mean, like yeah. he's who's he mad at? The only guy who played minutes was Milton. He gave him 19 minutes because obviously, and Danny Green, he gave 12. I mean, so, like, he's not developing a bench, nor has he ever done that. I mean, he, he is very challenging to be a personnel guy for. I would hate to have to be his personnel guy in the NBA. It would be very tough because he's never going to – I mean, he's never going to develop a player. Unless the guy is a proven commodity, unless he's got Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, what are we doing? I'll tell you this. So let's set you up with the East. Miami's a half
5: game up on Milwaukee. I don't know if you had a chance to channel surf last night. Milwaukee at the Nets. I did. I watched it.
6: But like that. What a. I was watching that in AM. and The AM and Xavier game was a great game. It was a great Did game. you watch
5: that yeah. too? Yeah. Great game. Late. The the Milwaukee game. This Giannis again. No offense to your boy in beat, right. who's been awesome. To me, it comes down to Giannis and Jokic. And so that is now half game out for Milwaukee. A rematch uh, of last year's postseason with Durant the foot on the line. Durant had an opportunity to win it. uh, But this was this was a great game. Also, Philly falls to two and a half out of the one seed with six to play. So they got a game in hand over Miami. Miami's got five to play and Boston's two out. But right now, I mean, you're looking Philly. You're looking at your boys four seed. They play Chicago. This is kind of where they want to be, because if they're the three seed, they're going to play Toronto.
6: But, no, but if the Toronto overtakes the Bulls, the Bulls had a big win against the Clippers last night. In if overtime. Toronto overtakes, yeah. If Toronto overtakes the Bulls, which I think will happen, the, the, the Sixers will lose in the first round to Toronto.
5: Agreed. I don't like you the matchup. Can-
6: they won't win that matchup. Toronto's 27 and 10, 27, I mean, the, Toronto is a good team at home. I think they're what 21 and 16. They're even better on the road. They've won 23 games. So, look, there, there, uh, that won't happen. That will not happen. I can promise you that.
5: I heard you, Stephen Bond. Did you say conference odds? If you do have the East, let's go ahead and get those Eastern conference odds up. Another thing that happened last night, um, Michael Lombardi, the Lakers. So they're now, they've fallen. They got killed by Utah, of course. No Anthony Davis, no LeBron last night, I understand. And they're going to play tonight at home against New Orleans. But they're now sitting 11th. They're tied. Yeah, but they the lost tie the tiebreaker. Break, yeah, they lost the tiebreaker to Antonio. San Antonio.
6: So now they're out of the
5: play in the Lakers.
6: Well, they're going to get Davis and LeBron back, which will probably get them back in. And, you know, but will they be able to to do anything when they get back in? You know, will they be able to turn? I mean, this is not going to just be turned on automatically here. Now, maybe they'll be the eighth seed, but you think that team can go to Phoenix and win those games? I doubt it.
5: So you mentioned Davis Davis is very likely to play tonight and they're going to need him LeBron is a toss up for tonight so here's where we sit New Orleans who's ninth in the West is is one six of nine they're two up on the Lakers and the Spurs so that's where they sit the Lakers as you just mentioned tie break they lose it to San Antonio so they're 11th Uh, this is this is fascinating if Anthony Davis comes back without him he's missed 18 straight they're four and 14. You know, LeBron, who wants that scoring title, so he's going he's gonna to try to play as much as possible. Uh, but he's missed three of the last four. By the way, New Orleans beat the Lakers on Sunday when LeBron did play and scored 39. So something to keep in mind tonight uh, if you're capping that New Orleans Pelicans game at the Lakers. And I'll give you the number right now quickly, and then we'll go back to the East. The Lakers are laying tonight, Michael. Let's Let me see, see Sorry, my thing just... I got
6: it here. I got it on my board. Lakers I got it. Here it is. Are... The Lakers,
5: they open one and a half. It's it's flipped to the Pelicans two and a half. I got it one and a half. So maybe, you yeah, know, somewhere in there. That must be... Uh, that's on the news of LeBron mm, iffy not to playing. not playing. So that's yeah. the flip.
6: Yeah. The, we Although the one game that's on the board tonight, and I hate to jump around, but Phoenix at Memphis opened up at two. Now it's seven, seven and a half. So that means somebody from Memphis isn't playing. Because Memphis is on the road in there, and they're a seven and a half point favorite against Memphis.
5: I can tell you, Adams is game time. Bain is game time. Jackson's game time. My assumption is Jackson won't play. Uh, Tyus yeah, Jones and John Morant. So they're they're all banged up. Uh, yeah, they're all there.
6: There's a lot of guys. These not are playing, all unlikely. So.
5: Adams, Bain, yeah. Jackson, and Jackson's uh, the best defensive player in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, Tyus Jones. So, so, and we know John Morant won't play. Um, okay, so there it is. And the Suns lay in seven. And the Suns, those two have already wrapped up the one and two seeds, respectively. Yeah. The Suns are your one seed in the West. And the Grizzlies are your two seed in the West. So, I, look, it, the reason we're having fun with the NBA right now is because you can start to, if you're one of those all variables in a basket, effort, um, you know, not load management. Like, this is, we're coming to that time where teams are wrestling for playoff positions and also wrestling just to get into the postseason or the play-in. So, you can start, everything's kind of even now. You know what I mean?
6: You know, but let's come full circle and start where we let's just go back to where we started. If you want to be the MVP, if you want to be the best player in the league, you've got to win the fourth quarter. We saw Giannis win the fourth quarter last night. We saw Giannis win the fourth quarter two nights ago on Monday night. You know, we see we see, uh, 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 you know, Durant win the fourth quarter. You know, Jokic wins the fourth quarter, and and Philly now in three games hasn't won the fourth. I think whoever has Embiid as the MVP, you can rip that ticket up. That ain't happening. I think you might be smart to go try to get uh, if there is some value on Giannis's ticket. He might he might sneak this in.
5: When we come back, I want to throw the East at you. I got a team that I think presents some value, a team you've liked all year. So we'll do that. We'll throw up the MVP odds. Also, Bob Bobby Wagner's got a home. He's kinda he's kinda going back home. We'll get to the NFL news as well as we continue. Just getting started here on our Friday it's the Lombardi line, presented by BetMGM.
6: To the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring
4: former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
5: Okay, it's time to t- it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting at Brent Musburger. It's BetMGM Sports it has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM Casino on the Strip, bring that state issued ID, and you're ready to bet within minutes. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're gonna love BetMGM's state of the art technology. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21. 20- years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. I don't know why I look at the sheet. BetMGM, as long as I've been here with Michael for three years, has been our sponsor, been a great sponsor for us, and I've done that read one million times. Anyway, but go check him <laughs> go, go out. I get annoyed at myself hearing myself say it, but I do love BetMGM. Yeah,
6: I saw BetMGM had had odds up on, on futures, unlike Vinny, who refuses to put him up till after the draft. <laughs> he's, yellow. MGM, he's yellow. He's yellow. He's <laughs> sk- running for the hills. He's running for the hills i like to tell him he's yellow um yeah.
5: you, you know it is the reason the postseason is going to be insane is because watching the east play out is mm-hmm. is really going to be fascinating let's go ahead and throw up the eastern conference numbers here as far as coming out of the east there your betting favorites are the nets and the bucks and depending on what book you look at i just looked at one that had the nets a slight favorites and the bucks your setting a second betting favorite but there you see the Celtics who it looks like Williams is on track, Michael, to come back in the second round. And obviously we understand how vital he is to that Celtic team down low, especially defensively. So good. Um, so, for example, I got the 76ers, four and a half to one, but I got them 375, plus 375 375 of the book I'm looking at here in town. So whatever way you look at it, and then you see the heat who are 5-1 to one at the book I'm looking at and, and BetMGM. As you take a look, and then it drops off 25-1, to one. as you take a look, what stands out to you as far as a team coming out of the East?
6: Well, the Sixers can't beat the Heat, I mean, unless unless Embiid and Harden don't play. So I don't see how they're ahead of them. The Sixers can't beat the Celtics. They're not going to beat the Celtics or just defend them. So to me, I think the Heat are, are great value here at plus 500. I think the Celtics at plus 400 are really good value. I mean, obviously the Nets and the Bucks are going to split it. You know, they're still good. I think the Bucks, with, with Lopez back, I think they're the best team. So at 300, it's still 3-1. to one. That's still a good number. But if you want to play a little bit better odds, I would take Boston or Miami. Uh, those would be the ones I would take. I'm not saying this as, a, as, a, as an anti, uh, trying to just, you know, go against. But the Sixers have no chance of beating any of them. They haven't proven they can beat any of those three teams that are above them. And, frankly, I don't think they can beat Toronto. Now, I don't think Toronto's worth playing when they go up in caliber and class. I agree with that. But to me, the only team that I would see that's worthy playing at 5-1 to one is Miami. I mean, they've got 49 wins. They've been really good. They play well at home. They only have 12 losses at home. So they've done a great job there. Their defense is improving. And when they're healthy and rested, they're really good. Yeah, I, you're I right mean, about Think about this, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia is 6-9 in the division. They're the only team in the top six that has a losing record against the teams they have to beat. Think about that. Miami's the best team. They have 11 and two record within their division. So to me, let, let's just past performance predicts future achievement, right? They're six and nine. The sixers are six and nine against the competition. They can't beat the upper-level teams. Now, I mean, if you want to ignore it, go ahead. But there's not another octane that the Sixers have. It isn't because they've been resting in bead and they're taking care of him and load management. He's been playing. He was in the game and he played 37 38 I minutes know. the other night. That's the problem. So like That's the that, problem. that, they have they don't have another gear to get to. They have no bench. They have another gear, and they're not going to outcoach anybody. That's a proven fact. They're just not outcoaching anybody. So scratch them off the list. Boston's Boston's nine and seven in the division. A lot of that too. They weren't great defensively early. But at at Miami at 11-2 in the division, understanding we got to massage that a little bit based on who they're playing, they seem like the best value.
5: You know, I, I think that's a great point that you just made. If if you look at last night and there was a dip in production from Embiid, there's some hope for 76er fans. You got blown out in the fourth by the Pistons. You've got nothing but seeding as far as the draft to play for at this point. And you got 37 and 15 from Embiid, and he played almost every minute. That is an issue. Look, I mean, Harden, 18, 9, and 7, he was spreading the ball. around. This is an issue. This, this bench and his inability to manage it is an issue.
6: It's really an issue. And Harden has, let's be honest, the last two weeks, Harden, I don't know what his percentage of shooting is, but he's been shooting terribly. He hasn't shot well at all. You yeah, know, he is, he's become you. a 76er, a bad shooting player, which is what he does. And so, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the reality. He has not shot well at all. His numbers have been bad. Uh, and, you know, he's getting to the rim. In some games he'll get the calls. In other games he won't. You know, and and their transition defense is bad because they're slow.
5: Yeah, he's been bad. Four. If, of 15. if I
6: have to watch Tobias Harris dribble 76 more times to go in, the, I mean, I might throw up.
5: Well, don't I don't you know, we don't need you regurgitating. Uh, but yeah, you're right about no. this. You're right about Harden. The four of 15 last night. Nine of 17. Two of 11 against the Suns on Sunday. You know, seven he's of 18 against I mean, the Lakers. I go back, go back a
6: couple of weeks. I mean, he hasn't shot well at all. He really hasn't. I mean, he hasn't been. The Harden that I've seen play, he looks he looks like a declining player that you just mortgaged your future for. It's,
5: it's so weird, too, because he always enters the matrix when he joins a new team. He looks svelte and skinny and spry and athletic when he got to the Nets, and then when he got to the 76ers,
6: then all of a sudden he just reverts back to being kind of a load. Watch what what do you see without D the D'Antoni Mike D'Antoni watch him. He'll be he'll be the hex, next head coach in Philly. You watch that.
5: <laughs> was, you wanna run it? Um get the offense up and down. So an adjustment. Remember, Embiid was a prohibitive favorite a couple eight you know, so three, four weeks ago to win the MVP. Now Jokic is Minus 200. So his, he got, his numbers got even better since yesterday. Well, I mean,
6: again, Jokic, Jokic plays well in the fourth. I mean, Embiid, I mean, for whatever reason, the spacing on the court, whatever you want to say, he, he doesn't play well. The game that they won, that they beat Miami, Maxie played the game in the fourth. He was the dominant force in the fourth. You know, I think Embiid's had a tremendous year. This is the best I've ever seen him play. But once again, I mean, look at it. Let's be honest here. The center position is the dinosaur. Right as good as as Jokic is playing, his team's seated six. As good as Embiid's playing, his team's going to be seated four. They they don't really it, we that's we talk about them like we're we're talking about a different era, you know. They're not they don't impact the game like the wings impact the game. So for all we talk about, as dominant as they both players have been, both players can't propel their team to the first in the division. Whereas a guy like Giannis can. You know, I mean, Tatum
5: can. Also, there's no drama with the Bucks. Look at this: the Bucks in March, 11 and 3. They've won six straight at home. They're at home tonight. No rest against the Clippers. I'll get to that in a second. But Giannis last night, 44, 14 and 6. And when they needed him in the fourth, he was there, hitting free throws. The Bucks were down nine with 350 to play against the Nets and came back. This, is this. Look. They won a championship last year. There's no reason to believe they won't do it again. I, I, To me, they've got to be your favorite coming out of the East. They're tied right now with the Nets, Michael. At uh,
6: 300, you're not going to get better odds than this if you don't take it. You're really not. It's going to it's going to continue to go down because he's playing. I mean, I, I don't know, Stephen Bond, what his, what his Giannis's MVP numbers should be. I got it right here, 6-1. to one. So, I mean, to me, I would be at the window on this one because it's going to matter. I mean, he is playing. He's the best player in the league. Let's be clear. And he's playing he the best of anybody Correct. right now. I mean, the guy was what, 15 for 19 from the line last night. Correct. I mean, he, he played 39 minutes.
5: He's, took he's the, game he's the over. best. He's the best because I, look, if you want a pure score, you're going to go Durant. But when you consider everything, it's Giannis, and it's really not. To me, blo- there's not I mean, a debate. The
6: reason they beat the Sixers, he blocked the shot. He blocked the beat I know. Beat he's shot. he's
5: incredible, man. He he just did. A little curveball, Stephen. if we can throw up the Clippers-Bucks number, because I got this. Uh, both teams on no rest. The Clippers, no rest this year. They're 5-7 and seven ATS. The Bucks, 4-8 and eight ATS. But, again, this is a different Bucks team down the stretch. They won six straight at home. You see the number there, Michael. The Bucks are laying seven and a half. The Clippers are struggling. They've <laughs> lost six of seven. They lost it in overtime last night. So, they're going to be taxed, headed to Milwaukee and they led late in the game so it was debilitating. No Norman Powell obviously no Kawhi. You know Paul George is playing well but this is a team going the wrong way. The Clippers who are yeah. in a bad way right now.
6: You know and, and that that's always the issue right their bench that they can't really get it going to play at the same level. I mean Terrence Mann's plays doesn't you know sometimes he can get going. Covington hasn't been what they thought he would be in terms of when they made that trade right. and you know George played 32 minutes but he shot seven for 20 from the field. I mean he's two and nine from the three-point line so his legs clearly aren't underneath of them and it's going to be a challenge for them but look I I, one thing about Milwaukee that I like they have an old 1980s attitude they they play whether it's I mean they play like it's they've had rest I mean they don't really care and they get along well that guy that guy control Giannis controls the locker room they're all play because he plays at a high level but everybody else has to play Think about how little drama. Like, I know
5: this is cheesy, but he shows up to his, his post-game presser with a bad joke book, and he reads to the press a bad joke. But there's just something so um, so pure and real about Giannis that you just gravitate towards. And I think his teammates And the fact as that he's well. improved
6: his free-throw shooting, it's he's huge. improved. I mean, the fact he went and worked on it, plus his three-point shot. I mean, that shot he made last night, most people, I mean, if he'd had taken that three years ago, no way he makes it. He, he,
5: he, more than, maybe more than anybody in the history of the league, when he came in to where he is now, he's improved himself so much and worked so hard. And by the way, he's grown like three inches since he
6: came to the league from Greece.
5: Yeah. But he is just, he, he's the type of dude you want we to marry your daughter.
6: Carter, we took Michael Carter Williams <laughs> ahead of him. I mean, let's just, just, let's be clear. <laughs>
4: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher
5: Wendy's breakfast the official breakfast of March Madness every day choose from Wendy's a stack stacked starting lineup you get the breakfast Baconator croissant combos hot or cold coffee and just like any great team Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven baked sizzling bacon freshly cracked eggs perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes and simply OJ to bring it home make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely, choose Wendy's. Michael Lombardi there. Um, Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Of course, this is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Hope, hopefully you're having a nice Friday. Um, okay, so they had a need, the Rams, at linebacker, and they fill it. Uh, Bobby Wagner. Now, again, you're going to see five for $50 million. Who knows on the guarantees mm-hmm. what that really means. Um, I just want to get your reaction to Bobby Wagner joining his hometown team he 's from Los Angeles, the Rams
6: you know everybody talks about how you know the Rams are just surventing the the cap i i, I don 't see it that way. I think the Rams are doing a job of acquiring proven players older proven players i mean seriously it's perfect that it's the rams because they are remodeling their team and have been this way much the way george allen did when he was the head man of the rams it's the over the hill gang and i don't think and i don't say that as over the hill meaning the players are done I say that as they like veteran players. They pay for what they feel like they can get. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, they signed to Jackson. He didn't work out. They got rid of him. And, you know, they, they traded for Vaughn Miller. They couldn't keep him a two and a three. But they're willing to get rid of these draft picks. They're willing to invest in some players. And when you look at their team, I mean, Bobby Wagner fits perfectly in the front seven. You know, they still have Floyd playing outside linebacker. He gives them another veteran guy to go along with another experienced Pro Bowl player on every single level of their defense, whether it's Donald at at their three technique or tackle, whether it's uh, uh, Wagner at at middle linebacker, and then, you know, obviously they've got Ramsey back at corner. So the one thing is, is they have not been affected by injuries. I mean, they've paid great players, and for the most part – the great players have stayed healthy for them. And their supporting cast has been adequate enough, and their great players have compensated for it. But they've gotten away with it, and credit to them.
5: So he stays, Hall of Famer. Uh, he, Wagner stays in the NFC West, Michael. I'll give you the numbers quickly. The Rams are your betting favorites out of the NFC West at plus 140. The 49ers plus 165. The Cards three and a half to one. The Seahawks eight to one. No surprise there, his former team. Um, a couple things. They don't have a first. They don't have a second. They don't have a third-round draft pick. But this is kind of Ben. You know, they try to find that value five through seven and, and and find some starters on the cheap and surround them with these big tickets.
6: And, yep. these big and, they're prob- and they'll redo Donald's deal, which will lower his cap number. They're sitting there with $15 million in base Paragraph 5 on Ramsey. They can redo his deal. They'll add more to their cap. They can redo Cup's deal if they want to. They can't. They've already redone Stafford, so that takes them out. They can do something with Haverstein. He's at $7 million Paragraph 5, and same with Arshon Robinson. So those two players, they have some wiggle room, and they'll be able to add some. Now, you know, what they've done is, is they've done a really good job of not trailing with a lot of money. They've got $11 million taken away on their cap because of the Robert Woods deal, right? So they, they don't have that. It, Beckham was only four hundred thousand dollars. Hecker, their punter, he was a huge he was a huge, huge difference in their team. You know, yeah. replacing Hecker, you know, they're 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 cutting corners somewhere, right? Remember when Zerline was good, they cut corners there, they're cutting corners in the kicking game, where they won't cut corners as receiver, they won't cut corners on defense with their secondary when their linebacker play, and this is where they are. So uh, you know, I don't think it's going to move the needle. I think the thing as a Ram fan, if you're betting the Rams, you're just saying, look, we got to stay healthy. we got a lot of good players. If they stay healthy, we'll be a good team.
5: You know, and give them credit, too, because they did draft Cooper Cup and developed him into the superstar that yeah. he is. They took a chance on Leonard Floyd, who had kind of struggled with Chicago, and he's blossomed there under the Rams tutelage. So, you know, they're, they've done things. right. To, obviously took a chance with Stafford. It paid off in year one. Um you know, made big trades. Jalen Ramsey, they gave up a ton. Yeah. But, I mean, it's worked. This strategy has it's worked. Re- this is re- like the antithesis of what we used to hear about with Bill Belichick and build, build through the draft and develop players. I mean, this is really fascinating how they've done it.
6: They, they, they have. They've been fortunate to do it. And their owner's willing to spend above the cap. I mean, they've spent a lot of cash. Now, what they've also been willing to do is sacrifice in the kicking game, sacrifice some, you know, they're going to play a lot of younger players. They have to. You know, they're, they're the opposite of Doc who refuses to play young players in basketball. They have to. They're forced to. Their bottom half of their roster has to be minimum salary guys, you know, because they're they're going to pay a premium for these. these And they've done a good job of, of kind of filtering it in. Terrell Lewis is a kid who could easily be a really good pass rusher for them. He was a talented kid coming out of college, out of Alabama, had a really good senior season. They took him in the third round how he behaved off the field, you know, sometimes affected his play on the field, but maybe they've gotten that worked out. They've taken risk and it's worked out for him.
5: It's just, I absolutely love the ricochet shot on Doc Rivers. When talking about a football team, that was incredible.
6: Well, it's the truth. I mean, that, you know, you you measure a coach by how he (laughs) develops the talent around. I tell my two sons are in coaching. Like you're going to get measured by a, can you make the players better? That's the question you have to ask yourself. You know, you, can you make this player who you're coaching a better player? That That's going to be the biggest challenge. And when you can do that, players will listen to you. When you can do that, you'll have an audience. And when you have an audience, you'll have people that want to follow you. And when, you don't, when, when you don't develop anybody, when you just sit there and throw the ball out and say, let's play, I mean, you're basically a gym teacher. No disrespect to gym teachers. No, shout, shout out to all the gym teachers.
5: And no pressure on Mick. You, you get that slug, Devontae Adams, to try to make him better. I mean –
6: Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to do that. He's going to have to make Adams better. He's got to make – look, he's going to have to – they're going to have to make sure that they get the players in the right roles. And I think this is what what Sean McVay does a really good job of, is defining the role for the player and not asking them to do way more than they need to do. You know, getting them in a cup for me. I was writing up – like I'm writing up the top 100 players – In the history of the NFL, and I was just writing up Largent the other day, and Largent played in an era where there wasn't three receivers, right? Largent's great talent was his ability to focus and concentrate on the ball. If you watched him catch the ball, his hands were – Caught everything. He caught everything, right? But they weren't like, oh, my God, those are the purest hands you've ever seen. But his concentration was the most incredible, which allowed him to catch the football. And but he didn't have the benefit of playing in the slot like they do with Cup. He was in a slot formation that was a slot, or he was an outside receiver. If he would have played for Sean McVay in that slot motioned him around, there's no telling how many catches the kid would have had. His catch his catch ratio at Tulsa was incredible to touchdowns, and his catch ratio in Seattle was incredible to touchdowns. That's really how you measure what a receiver does. That's why Cup's so effective.
5: Who does have? Who? who I'll ask you this way: Who has had the purest hands you've ever seen?
6: Uh, you know, Keenan McCardle might have the best hands I've ever seen in my life. I, I think. Car, uh, uh, Chris Carter was incredible. Keenan McCarter was incredible. I mean, when you're talking about great hands, you're talking about the ball never moves when they get it. Randy Moss, I would say, was the best hands I've ever seen. I could see him do things with his hands that I never – but it's eye-hand coordination. It's really – it's the ability to focus and concentrate when the ball is in the air. You know, Largent used to talk about all the time how he would just – he focused on the tip of the football. And that focus allowed him to concentrate. But when you watch him catch, he cradles the ball. He traps the ball. It's not as pure as when Moss catches it. Moss just engulfs it. Moss was like Durant. You know when Durant makes a shot, yeah, the ball doesn't so even move smooth. the net? That's how, that's how Moss was. When the ball hit his hands, it never moved the net. So there's all different kinds of great hands, you know? Like For example, modern day, we haven't seen them
5: because there's been some drama. But like Michael Thomas, if you throw it, Michael Thomas is going to catch it. You know, the, he's, he's going to catch it. I mean, catch radius Beckham, is
6: ridiculous. Beckham is a little bit like – Beckham's the opposite, right? Beckham has great hands, but his concentration isn't always great. So he has more drops than you think he should have. You know, and so we sometimes get caught up with great hands and lack of concentration, like – Chris Carter had great hands and really never lacked concentration. Hopkins, incredible hands. hands. But more importantly, he's got incredible concentration. He's in a crowd all the time. He's got people around him, and yet he can come down with the ball with a strong wrist and get it. To me, that's a great trait to have. And Cup has that ability too.
5: You brought up Odell Just as an aside, is there a market for him?
6: Well, I mean, a lot of it is going to come off the ACL. You know, that's going to be the critical component here. Does he come back off the I would think that if you're Green Bay, wouldn't you want to be involved with Odell knowing you've lost Devontae? If he's healthy, wouldn't you want to be involved? I mean, it would make sense, right? So uh, there's enough teams. I'm sure a lot of teams are sniffing around on him to see where he goes, to see what he could. How about the Colts? The Colts would be ideal for him. Go on the turf, play there. But, you know, where is he going to end up? How is it going to play out? I think that could be, remains to be the question. The knee, these injuries prohibit you from really investing what you want. And the number right now for Odell that somebody's probably going to offer him isn't the number he's going to want to play for.
5: My man Herman
6: Moore had some good hands too. Herman Moore, Ooh, a little underrated. Yeah. Right, it was underrated. Him and of Scott course, Mitchell I mean, he,
5: he, and him—that was quite a connection. what's well, like
6: Sterling Sharp. I mean, Sterling Sharp had a few years with with Brett Favre, but for the most part, he's catching balls from Majakowski and guys you yeah, he never heard exactly. of. I mean, and and, and, and Sharp can't get in the Hall of Fame. The guys got forty touchdowns his last three years. He had eighteen the year he had a neck injury and he retired. He's a game. Eighteen cock. in one year.
5: He's a gamecock. Yeah. Now that's kind of where. That's kind of the position that. McLaurin's been in who's uh, such a great talent but nobody throwing him the football all right it's hard it's it's hard great stuff uh, on the NFL there when we come back our buddy Wes Reynolds is going to join us here on the Lombardi line get you a couple picks next here on V and the sports betting network
6: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL
4: executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
5: Okay, make your first wager and win big during BetMGM's March matchups. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any college tournament game. If any team hits a three-pointer during the tournament, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets. Use the code MM200, MM200 when you register. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM reward points that can be redeemed for online bonuses, converted into college comps at MGM Resorts Nationwide. MM200 is the code. Got to be 21 years or older. And if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. Michael Lombardi. I see, Michael, you wrote about Bruce Arians over at vcin.com. Yeah, I sure did. As well. You can check I that sure out. I sure did. Our, yeah, um, be great. Our, The, the uh, grassy knoll conspiracy theory continues with uh, yeah, Bruce
6: I, and Tom. Yeah, everybody, everybody thinks, I mean, Tom was in the front row. I mean, look, I... I as I said in the column, I mean, Tom has it exactly the way he wants. You know, Bruce didn't want Antonio Brown. They signed Antonio Brown. Like, what's what? what has Bruce done to prevent Tom from getting what he wants? The answer to that is nothing. I mean, he's got the team he wants. He came back. I think the reason he left was because, I think, family situation and all that. But at the end of the day – that buck offense, that you know, no biscuit, no risk, all that, whatever he talks about, became more like the Patriots than it did like his Bruce Arians offense. So, you know, I, I don't see why anybody would think that Bill, that Tom isn't getting what he wants, whether Bruce is there. The shocking part for me for the whole thing is Bruce had a cushy job. Why would he give up a cushy job? Unless he got an even cushier job, which is what he did by moving upstairs. That's exactly right. And speaking of
5: writing, our buddy Wes Reynolds joins us now, of course, and host. And uh, yesterday when I talked to him, I, I, I was plugging that master's guide we've got dropping coming up here in a little bit. And Wes, you were up to the J's. This is a very extensive process. <laughs> how, how are we doing as far as progress on the master's preview?
4: We are on the S-curve right now, Patrick. I think we're going to work our way through the alphabet by later this
1: afternoon.
6: <laughs> could you, oh, can I you. ask a question? Can I ask a question? Sure. Wes, uh, Where is, let's go to the M's. Let's take uh, $1,000 on the M's. Where, where, what are your odds on my man Ricky Fowler in this tournament, please?
4: Well, uh, he's not in this tournament, Michael. That's right. He yeah. yeah.
6: that's right. He can't play. That's right. Oh, that's right. He would have shot 62. shot That's right. He would have shot 62 if they would have let him in. <laughs> now, the, the, the,
5: obviously, everybody is obsessed with weather. The fascinating part about Tiger is I've heard everything's good. It's just walking this course that is so laborious, right, Wes? So that really is what it comes down to is just being able to get around and walk the course.
4: Yeah, and that's going to be the story of the week, Patrick, is going to be Tiger Watch if he's going to be able to play. As of now, he is still in the field. Harris English did withdraw yesterday, so now we're down to 90 players. But I think, and Michael brought up the M's, I think if Tiger Woods does play, this is actually not too bad of a situation for one Rory McIlroy, who has been trying to win this career Grand Slam. His last major, by the way, was 2014, the PGA Championship at Valhalla down in Louisville. So this has been a story and a top story at the Masters for several years now. Rory trying to be just the sixth man to win the career Grand Slam in the game of golf. So maybe going under the radar is going to be a good thing for one Rory.
5: If you told yeah. me that Rory wouldn't have won a Masters by 2022 with that greatest swing I've ever seen, it's the smoothest swing, Michael, that kid was on a roll and he's fallen off. I mean,
6: there's no other way to put it. it I, you know, he might get it to me. I wish I could have a conversation with him. I wish I could tell him, stop being such a nice guy. Like you gotta have a little bit of jerk in you. Like you gotta stop congratulating. You're not the, the greeter at Caesar's Palace, hoping people play the slots and play the black. Like get after it, man. Like come on. Like come on. This is more important than that. I know you got every advertisement known to mankind. I think he's been spoiled. I think he's made so much money from not having to really have that extra drive. The talent's there, but what good is the talent if you don't manifest it into championships? And he's a great quote. So well thought. He's a great guy. He's awesome. I feel bad that I insult him. I'm hoping that it, I'm hoping that he, you know, he hits, turns the corner. Like we gotta have this. Come on, Rory. <laughs> step up.
5: Okay. So g- be on the lookout for the Masters betting guide. Our buddy Wes Reynolds doing amazing work with that tomorrow. Final four, of course, the early one, Villanova, Kansas. But everybody's looking to North Carolina, Duke. Duke right now sitting four, pretty much everywhere, one ten up and down. Uh, you're gonna go ahead and eschew the number and just go with. The money line here on duke west
4: yeah and i think it's still pretty cheap at 180 or anything under two dollars i don't expect that this line is really going to move all that much simply because i think bettors will bet emotionally and there's enough anti-coach k sentiment in the market to take North Carolina and plus the fact that the Tar Heels have been playing very well especially defensively toward the back end of the season if you watch them in November and December and they're no different than most teams in this regard the defense just was not very good and now what you're seeing is you're seeing Hubert kind of have these guys hedge the ball screens at the top and kind of try to jam it up instead of doing this little drop zone type of coverage and giving these guys open jumpers because he's got Baycott down low who can absolutely eat on the glass, and he can go heads up with Mark Williams, I think, down there. But I do like Duke just in this situation because. Duke has really shown some toughness, and that's kind of what we were waiting for them to do all season. You didn't see it, of course, in the season finale in Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and you really didn't see it at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn for the ACC tournament. But I think that Michigan State game in the second round against Izzo was the turning point for this Duke team. If you recall, they were down five with five minutes left to go. And it's like, is this is how it's gonna end? Is it gonna end like this? And Mark Williams came up huge defensively and kind of led them to the victory. And then against Texas Tech, it was the number one defense all year in terms of defensive efficiency, that no middle defense allowed nothing at the rim. Well, what did Duke do? They got 1.37 points per possession at the rim and shot 71% in the second half and then Arkansas whose length bothered Gonzaga and they really shut them down and slowed the game down in terms of not letting the Zags get out and transition. Duke was able to do it. Duke was able to get quick buckets and get up and down the floor. So of the four teams I think they are clearly playing the best basketball right now.
6: Wes, my question in this game is, is Love, how will Love play? When they played the last time against Duke, when they beat him and, and spoiled Coach K's night, Love was 2-for-10 from the floor. But he went to the line 12 times in that game. And, and, and that really, really told me a lot about, about him. He was really being aggressive. So to me, the matchup between Jeremy Roach and him in this game is, to me, I think that's the, the game within the game. And how would you handicap that?
4: Yeah, no question about it, Michael. And both those guys, even though Love didn't really shoot the ball that great against St. Peter's, he was tremendous against UCLA in the Sweet 16. But Jeremy Roach was the guy that really won the Duke the game for Texas Tech in the Sweet 16. And you know, Texas Tech got Duke in those ISO ball situations, and that's what they want to do. And Duke made them pay for it. So I kind of think it's a it's a little bit of a wash, uh, a wash, if you will. I think the key is going to be here with Baycott and Williams, if if you assume that they might cancel each other out is what can they do with Paulo Boncaro and what I think Duke is going to try to do is they're going to want to exploit Brady Manic in space. We'll see if Carolina goes to a little bit of zone. They don't really do a lot of that but they got to do something to kind of protect Brady Manic. Brady Manic is a really good pick and pop four man that can stretch the floor offensively make those corner threes but defensively he is absolutely a liability.
5: We were discussing Manic. Do you think Mannick uh, is a pro?
4: Uh, pro in America or pro overseas? <laughs> overseas, Absolutely. 100% he's a pro. Yeah, I mean,
6: he, he'll play for a long time.
4: Basketball yeah. In the oh. Euro league, there's always a need for pick and pop four guys.
6: Yep. I would bet. I would bet. I would bet manic to play. Manics, my man, Manics from the member of old TV series, the Manics. I would bet Manic would play before my man, Timmy. Timmy's going to be at the 34th street, the summer league down here in Ocean City. There's no way he's playing in that league. No way. You <laughs> think? Do you think so, Wes?
4: No, no. I think probably that's a guy that could play on a really good Euroleague team, like a high level team. And by the way, you make pretty good money over in that league. So there's no shame in playing overseas.
6: Yep. Oh, I, I'm not criticizing. He's doing something remarkable. I'm just saying, as you project his game, like, like, you know, like these Duke players. I mean, you, you know, that you right. could see them lining up. I mean, Barcaro. I mean, like, I, I would take his number. I know we're jumping ahead here, but I would bet him as the first pick overall in the draft. Patrick and I, we've talked about that. You know, you could like Smith from Auburn, but this kid, this kid looks to me like, especially in these big games, he could easily be the first pick overall.
5: Let's ask Wes that. Who would you take if you're drafting one overall?
4: Caro would probably be my guy. I think he's the more—I don't want to call it a safe pick, but I think he's the more certain because, of course, Chet Holmgren and Chet Holmgren, by the way, does have really good ball skills. Like he's got a lot of potential. I mean, you can't—you can only put so much weight on him before you really take his effectiveness away. But I still have some questions about his durability. So Boncaro would be number one for me.
6: I mean, my man Coos is going to have to start feeding homegrown. My oh no. man Coos is going to have to come out. Coos <laughs> did an April Fool's joke today, Patrick. He went to he pretended he was at he pretended he was at Olive Garden and loved it. That, you know, <laughs> like there's no way he lost credibility if he goes to Olive Garden. Kuj.
5: All right, uh, he's on the Estes. So let's see. Uh, West is breaking down Scotty Scheffler right now for the Masters. So nice get call, Patrick, good <laughs> job. <laughs> Thank you. Get back into the writing, West. Great job. We appreciate you.
1: You got to take guys. Cooge.
5: <laughs>
6: Cooge <Cooj. laughs> was at Olive Garden trying kind to of pretend he liked it. We could take full Lombardi line.